Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show On The Mark. We're going to start out with our first call. It is to Jeff McCausland. He's a retired colonel from the U.S. Army, national security consultant, and a CBS radio and television news military analyst. And that's just the first third of his shortened resume. (laughs) Also an author of one of the best books I've read in decades called Battle Tested. (laughs) (laughs) You already have your signed copy, Joe. I know. Well, I I, I mean it. I love that book. All right. Well, maybe we can get a, a word in about that. Jeff, thank you so much for calling in today. Very much appreciated. Hey, guys, it's a great pleasure, and thanks for the push on the book. Well, you're quite welcome. How In Afghanistan, how did we get here? Was this the only way this could have ended? Kind of give us your initial reaction to what happened, then we'll dig into some of the specifics. No, it certainly wasn't the only way this could have ended. Uh, certainly, one could argue, first of all, about should we have thrown or not, but taking that as a given when the president made the announcement, uh, in the fort on the 14th of April, and then we saw this rapid cascading effect across about 90 days as the situation collapsed. Could we have taken more time? Could we have renegotiated perhaps the timelines with the with the Taliban to allow us a more deliberate process withdrawal? All those things are possible. That is to a degree Monday morning quarterbacking, but it would seem if you had done that, you <clears throat> might have been able to push the final removal of U.S. forces. Uh, into the later fall, the end of the so-called fighting season, which is right we're in the middle of the fighting season annually in Afghanistan. The Afghan war is a seasonal war that goes from about the middle of April to about the middle of November. Second of all, you could have, I think, really done a much better effort at cutting through this bureaucratic red tape or whatever the problem is in terms of the special visa applications for those Afghans who worked for the U.S. government, contractors, the media and the like, and now are desperate to leave the country and, and fulfilled, I think, far better the, the moral obligation I believe the United States has to those people who now are confronting the most dire future with the Taliban back in control and Kabul. But should we keep spending trillions, keep losing lives? Is that a, a doable price in the future? No, I, but what I'm saying is you have to divide this into really two things. One, the decision to withdraw, which was the primary focus Mr. Biden defended in his remarks yesterday, and, and rightfully so. Many people would argue, as you just suggested, after 20 years, $2 trillion, 2,500 dead Americans, et cetera, we have done the best we can in build, building Afghanistan into a democracy, market economy, and freedom and human rights for women seems to be beyond our reach. And then the second question is, okay, having made that decision, that policy decision, What's the plan to withdraw? And I think the second thing, the plan to withdraw, is where the administration, frankly, deserves a certain amount of criticism. You can agree with the policy decision we need to get out, while at the same time saying we didn't do the greatest job planning how we were going to do that. 
Jeff, how would you rate President Biden's speech yesterday? Do you think he hit all the right notes, or did he leave some things out? He said the buck stops here, but it seemed to me like he sent 95 cents of the blame to some other place. Especially Afghanistan. (laughs) Well, again, it was primarily a defensive decision to withdraw. That was the primary emphasis. Uh, He did make the aside of, you know, things move a little more quickly than we imagined. Well, yeah, I guess it did. You know, you can go back to the 8th of July, and the president gave a speech and did a press conference in which he said that the possibility of the Taliban taking over the country was, quote, highly unlikely. Well, here we are five weeks later. That's exactly what happened. He did accept responsibility. He did say, as you suggest, the buck stops here, but, but also, you know, also expanded upon that, laying the blame primarily at the feet of the Afghan leadership and the Afghan military, and certainly they deserve a certain amount of that. He certainly made laid some of the blame, frankly, at the feet of President Trump for signing the February 2020 agreement with the Taliban, which really did marginalize the government and the Trump administration until they departed. Really, I don't think held the Taliban's feet to the fire in terms of, of them living up to their obligations. From but your, this is Washington, and the blame game will continue. And you can lay the blame for this thing beginning with George W. Bush, certainly amount on President Obama, as well as President Trump. But ultimately, Biden at least was the one who said, as his predecessors had said they wanted to, had said, we're leaving and we've left. Jeff, as a retired colonel from the military, what does something like this do to the morale of the troops who are left behind when they see our country asking them to make a sacrifice to put themselves in harm's way and then it it ends so badly? This is heart-wrenching, particularly for military veterans, either still in uniform or not, who served in Afghanistan, lost buddies were injured. In addition to the 2,500 who were killed, we've had about 20,000 who were wounded. I lost a nephew. My nephew died from wounds that he sustained in Afghanistan as a fine young captain at the age of about 28. He died. So it's affected my family directly. And it's just gut-wrenching to watch what has occurred if you are part of that particular uh, community. Um, But I still think at this minute, if there are veterans of the war on on the listening to this call, they should hold their head high. The nation called for them to serve. They answered that call. This is not a draft army, as we had in Vietnam. They're volunteers. That 1% stood watch, did what they could, fulfilled their mission for the last 20 years. And during that period of time, we have not sustained a large-scale attack on the United States as we saw on September 11, 2001, emanating from outside of the country. And to some degree, I think that's because of the service those people provided during the last two decades. What do you think is going to happen from here on in? Do you think it's going to become a hotbed of terror, a terrorist exporter again? It, it certainly could. And we have to see what the Taliban of 2021, when it fully gets control of this country, is like in comparison to the Taliban of 2001. Uh, there have been disturbing reports of them implementing Sharia law back in the countryside where they've been, and further disturbing reports about them still maintaining certain amount of contact and relationship with al-Qaeda. We're in a far better position today, however, to monitor those activities, even if from afar, and take decisive action uh, if need be. And I think that's one thing this administration and future administrations are going to have to underscore. While the war in Afghanistan may have come to a close, the war the United States is going to be fighting against terrorism around the world and extreme jihadism will go on. Can the Taliban 
be that old Taliban? Can they in any way survive if they isolate Afghanistan? I mean, they'll be subject to uh, you know economic sanctions and a wide range of uh, isolative things that the whole world will do to them if they revert back to their old ways. Yeah, I mean, that's the question, and that's the lever that we really have now, which is diplomatic and economic. And um, Zal Khalizad, our special emissary in Afghanistan, I know has made it very clear to them and their delegation in Doha that if they proceed along that path of violating human rights, taking revenge on those who are in the military or work for the U.S. government, et cetera, they can expect no loans, no international commerce, no humanitarian assistance. They will become a pariah state. They will become North Korea. Uh, and the Taliban have to know, to some degree, that half of their population now demands humanitarian assistance based on the pandemic and based on a drought, not even counting the disruption of the, of the current war. A half of, or a, a million and a half Afghans are refugees right now in Pakistan, another million in Iran, half a million in Turkey, and we know 400,000 people have been displaced in the last uh, six months. But for the Taliban, a spiritual group raised in the culture of Afghanistan, if that argument, that sophisticated argument you and I just made is, is persuasive, well, that remains to be seen. Well, you have a unique perspective, being both from the military and the media. Let me ask you this question. Uh, the CNN reporter Ward, uh, Miss Ward, who is in Afghanistan, uh, said this morning that she thought the, uh, the Taliban seemed friendly, and she's getting a lot of flack from that. But, you know, she's on the ground there, and if they're trying to put on a good face, what should, what should, should we be looking for in terms of their behavior? Well, first and foremost, I like to say Clarissa Ward is the bravest damn woman I know <clears throat> right now. And uh, my respect for her, which was enormous, has just gone off the charts. And those people who criticize her, I would ask them if they'd like to change places with her right now. <clears throat> but, but certainly I think the Taliban is a much more sophisticated 2021 than they wanted in 2001. They understand social media, and they understand at the moment that plays to their advantage in two ways. One, in trying to secure someplace in the international community in the future. And number two, they've got to convince those who work in Afghanistan, the government workers, the guy that picks up the garbage, the guy that delivers the mail, the guy that makes the power station work, the guy that runs the sewage treatment plant, they got to convince them to come back to work. And they're not going to convince them to come back to work if they line people up in the, in the, in the square and hang a few. They might try that, but I think they understand that if we're going to get this country to work, even fundamentally work, in the near term, we've got to reassure the population that there's a place for them. Well, they've declared an amnesty, but what that exactly means is still up in the air because there are reports of them arresting people out in the countryside. Uh, if you were in Afghanistan, what kind of faith would you put in a promise made by the Taliban? Very little, and I'd be looking for my way to get to the airport. <laughs> How long can this airlift continue? Do you get some sort of a, sustain, a sense of the sustainability of it? Well, it'll, it'll sustain itself, uh, hopefully, as long as necessary. The Pentagon has said that they can ramp it up to five to 10,000 people out per day. Only a few hundred, about five or 600, got out in the last 24 hours. But this morning, the airport is back in full operation. That's on the military side. There's also a commercial side, and hopefully, if things calm down, we'll see commercial flights coming back in. And then you can use charter aircraft and perhaps even accelerate that, that uh, withdrawal even more rapidly. But nobody's got a good grip on how many people we're talking about. We know there are 10,000 Americans in Afghanistan, many of them in dual nationality. Don't forget, every GI, and we're talking about 
6,000 GIs and Marines total being moved into Afghanistan for security. Every one of those you put into Kabul is another American you need to get out of Kabul safely on some way, shape, or form. And then we know that there are somewhere estimates of 18,000 or so applicants for special visas who are Afghans, plus 50,000 family members that qualify to leave. So the combination of all that, you get up towards to 100,000 people, and then you say, well, it's five to 9,000 people a day. You do the math and say, this is going to take several weeks, even if it is under the best of circumstances, and this sort of tentative ceasefire and calm that is now seems to have descended over the airport can continue. All right. Well, thank you so much. Anything critically important you wish to add? Just once again, that for every veteran right now who is watching his TV set or her TV set and, and having anguish, please hold your head high. You served your mission. Thank you for your service. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you thank for you. yours, Jeff. Yeah. That <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. Thank you so much, Jeff. I know we'll talk again on this and other topics. So thank you, sir. Take care. Have a good day. Uh, Jeff McCausland, uh, former colonel, U.S. Army, national security consultant in the U.S., a CBS radio a military analyst. He's an educator at Dickinson College as well. and has a private consulting leadership training that he offers to companies and individuals. That might be an – you and I should sign up for one of those well, sessions. I read his book, and that the leadership lessons in that is ju- are just outstanding. Yeah, I have some t- time off coming up next month. I'm going to read the book again, so we'll do that. You should actually read it and let it sink in instead of having it read to you. You by somebody. Oh, okay. Whatever you say. <laughs> uh, also graduated from uh, some uh, army college, uh, West Point, they call it. So, all right, we got a call coming in, and we're going to revert to open phones shortly. Nearly open phones. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, we got callers lined up. 1-800-795-9565, upper right-hand corner, Joe. So the hijackers in the September 11th attacks were 19 men affiliated with the military Islamist group Al-Qaeda. They hailed from four countries. Fifteen of them were citizens of Saudi Arabia. Two were from the United Arab Emirates, and one was from Lebanon, and one from Egypt. Not one Iraqi citizen, and not one Afghani. Where we feel so compelled to do our military activities, and this one, too, is good. Says, I wonder if any women's groups here will say anything anything to Biden about is leaving the women and girls of Afghanistan in the hands of the Taliban. That group has a history of forcing women into the dark ages with no freedom at all. Signed, Dave on the Hill. 
Well, one of the women who sent us a note yesterday said that uh, the women and uh, the women and people they are going to have to stand up for themselves without U.S. military assistance and well, more I, loss of lives of the U.S. military. One thing President Biden said yesterday that it's unfair to ask American men and women to put their lives in harm's way to fight a war that the Afghans don't want to fight for themselves. Well said. Can't argue with him on that point. Yeah, he made a couple of good points, but he also blamed Afghans for this. I mean, if you invade some country and say, oh, I'm going to, I know there's bullies around, so we're going to stick up for you in the decades ahead, and then you leave, well, that's your fault. Well, yeah, but they pumped a lot of money into trying to train them, and it didn't work out. Tom, you're on the mark. Yeah, actually, what you saw yesterday was just a tour. Actually, uh, actually, they were selling tickets to go into the airport. To, it was like an air show. They were They were selling tickets to this air show. And then Antifa showed up, and, and they were dressed as Afghans, and they and they and they raided, got on this air they got on this airplane while it was trying to land, after it landed. That's that's actually what you saw yesterday. That wasn't actually what you actually saw wasn't actually what happened. Oh, so that was a normal tourist exit that yesterday just, in that Kabul. That was just a tourist. That was just a tourist trip. You know, uh, just like that January the sixth. January the sixth. That was a tour. Well, this was a tour over in Afghanistan. Right. It was just, One it that was your just, boy. It was just a tour that the, and the Antifa. If Antifa wouldn't have gone in there and messed the whole thing up, it would have been okay. But that that Antifa, you gotta. You gotta watch them. But then you gotta be thrilled that Joe Biden accepted responsibility for all that. Well, yeah, and then that's another thing. Joe Biden re- re- accepted responsibility for this little show. It's almost... For the Republicans, they won't. They won't even accept responsibility for the show that they had. Yeah, it's almost like the adult thing to do to accept responsibility. Yeah, for your I mean that's, that was a terrible thing to do by Joe. Well, I really appreciate your insights. I hadn't thought of it yesterday as a normal tourist attraction. Yeah, but it was. It was a tourist. It was actually a, a tourist. Uh, and uh, but you know what's going to happen out of this now? Seriously, uh, these people are going to come back to the United States, and I tell you what, I hope they do. I hope they put about five of them around Stan where he lives. <laughs> hope they put about five families around where Al lives. Oh, Afga- Afghani refugees. Afghans. I hope okay. they do, because, boy, they are going to be going nuts. And they're going to be complaining. Pretty soon the complaining's going to start. There's Biden sending all these people over into this country, and they all have uh, COVID, and they're all spreading COVID around. <laughs> okay. That's going to be the next thing that's going to be coming. All right. Just wait. I didn't realize. I don't know if there's going to be a. I don't know if there's going to be a nine eleven style commission though, because that's going to get into their people too. So we'll see what they decide on a nine eleven style commission. <laughs> but, so you believe uh, it's all fake that the, uh, the some of the immigrants coming across the border illegally in the southern border uh, don't have yes, COVID? It's you believe all, it's all it's all it's all Antifa. You don't all believe? Antifa. No, I'm asking you. You don't believe they came across? Those with are COVID. normal tourists too, Joe. It's a tourist. It's tourists. It's Antifa. Well, how come we won't let the Canadians across the border? Because they didn't stay well, within the stanchions. That's, that's that's a northern uh, that's a northern uh, decision. The I Canadians see. didn't stay within the stanchions <laughs> like the normal tourists do in yeah, Mexico. It, you know. So, and another thing, you know what happened? You know what the Republicans did? Now, this is reported. They had. Uh, they had on their website for Donald Trump, the RNC, they were, as one of his things to vote for him, why to vote for him, 
that he was going to end the war in Afghanistan. They had it on their web, on the RMC website. Guess what? Sunday it came down. Oh. Sunday it Sunday they took it down and they just said, well, it was it didn't have anything to do with what happened on the ground. It was just that uh, they only leave stuff up for a certain amount of time and then they take it down. All right, we got you, Tom. Thank you so much for so, calling you know, in. This, this, we'll just have a little fun with the with the right here. <laughs> All right, well, very we're gonna funny. We're going to put some Taliban right next door to you, too, Tom, yeah. and you can have Good. fun with them. Good job. <laughs> well, and I think, uh, do we not have Vietnamese refugees who are living in the U.S.? Sure, and, and, and they're doing quite ex- successful. Exceedingly well and yep. assimilated and... Uh, Good, wonderful citizens, great neighbors. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Stan, your rebuttal. Your name was just mentioned. We're going to put yeah, some. I heard him. Okay, I, I heard his leftist tribe. You know, screed. Uh, you know, as far as Tom's <laughs> concerned, you know, if these people coming over from Afghanistan, they're the ones that were helping our troops. So if some of them move in next to me, I'll welcome them, Tom. So just so he knows that. But if he wants the Taliban come over, they can all go to his neighborhood. All right, that, that's where I'm going to leave that at that. Now, as far as Biden, Joe, you've been a CEO, all right, of a company. If you came into a company and they had a deal planned out with whatever, another company, and it was a really crap deal, would you continue on with that deal? No, as a matter of fact, when I took over a radio station I was running before I came here, I canceled several very bad deals that had been made by the previous management. So what I heard yesterday from Biden is it's Trump's fault because he made a deal with the Taliban. If he thought the deal was so crappy, why didn't he stop and renegotiate? He could have if he wanted to, but I, I don't think exactly. he I think he felt that President Trump was doing the right thing. I mean, there's no difference between what Biden wanted to accomplish and what Trump wanted to accomplish. The difference was the level of competency employed to make it happen. Well, my understanding is what Trump had laid out with a plan was to get all the civilians out, you know, the people that helped the U.S. military out first, remove the, you know, the sensitive equipment, get that out of there, and then remove the troops. Well, that isn't what happened. The troops came out first and everybody else was left sitting. Yeah. And, you know, if Biden had maybe followed that little plan there, things wouldn't have turned out the way they did. But from my understanding, he didn't. He pulled all the troops out, and then the people were sitting there like sitting ducks. And as the Taliban is uh, cascading down across the country, just taking one city after another, he sat there and didn't, oh, that's right, he called up the 82nd Airborne and sent 6,000 more troops back into the country. What's, what's wrong with the Taliban sweeping over the country in a matter of days? Well, uh, well, <laughs> well it is their country, okay? Uh, it's their country. You know, we went in there, I ain't going to, you know, the politics of it, we tried to prop up a, you know, a corrupt government, which was wrong, okay? Now, the, the Taliban is, is my everything you hear about them, they're pretty dang evil, living in, you know, the way they live, treating the people the way they treat them, you know, they're, they're no better than basically the Chinese, and they're getting in bed with the Chinese commies, so we'll see how that works out for them, see how it worked out for the Chinese. You know, the Chinese are going to go about a different way. They're going to offer them money and help to build things over there, you know, with their uh, their uh, loans. And then when the, you know, the Taliban can't repay their loans, then what's the Chinese going to do? They're going to come in and take what they want. And then we'll see how the Taliban reacts to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going to be 10, 15, 20 years down the road, but things will, things will remain the same over there. 
So what do you think? You're, you're going to maybe uh, speculate for me for a second. Had President Trump been reelected, how do you think what happened in Afghanistan would have been different from what had actually happened this week? Depends on how he started removing the people. You know, would, would there still be hundreds of thousands of people still in Afghanistan, civilians, non-military? You know, Trump, my understanding, Trump basically negotiated with the Taliban and said, this is what we're going to do, and this is what you're going to do. And if you start attacking our people, our civilians, or whatever, we will unleash the wrath of God upon you. But did okay. did they did the Taliban adhere to that in the past few weeks? Did they honor well, no. the deal they made? No, they didn't because they got a feckless leader in charge down there in D.C. right now, who who they knew wouldn't unleash the wrath of God on them. But still, if and I make didn't. an agreement, if I make an agreement and I sign it and I agree to it, am I not morally bound to follow through with that agreement? I mean, that's well, what bothers you know, me more than technically Biden can say he didn't sign that agreement, correct? He didn't sign it, but he didn't cancel it either, as he canceled the right. Paris and, and, Climate Accords. But you're Accords. saying the Taliban. Well, yeah, but Trump had put conditions in, all right? And, and, and they knew that Biden will not, would not retaliate if the conditions were broken. Yeah, I, my, my view on this, I really just think Afghanistan's returning to normal without us tamping this down. And, the Taliban and, seems and, to be this sort of uh, a kinder, gentler Taliban witness. What that, uh, what is it, <laughs> Clarissa Ward was saying. Yeah, she's was a very doing, brave lady. Talking to them. Very and brave even, lady. <laughs> she even argued with them. They didn't make her have a face covering on, and she talked or to them. Or cover her hands. At, at, at times. So, um, was, was that on television? Was that on television, Mark? It was on CNN, right. and she is very, uh, very balanced. And very fair, in my opinion. I watched her report, and I thought she laid it right out. And she has twice the courage any of us do. So I just think uh, she's uh, doing uh, a fabulous job. So, but we'll we'll see. I, I just think if a country returns to normal, it's not our job to police the world and to spend thousands and thousands of American lives uh, so that we can. But we learned nothing. We people. tried to we tried to Vietnamize. Remember Vietnamization? We were going to make the war in Vietnam the war for the Vietnamese that from the it. Vietnamese. Yeah. We tried it here. It didn't work. It doesn't work. Thank you, Stan. Thank you so much for yeah, calling you're not, in. You're not wrong. Bye. Wow, 1-800. I'm assuming he's talking to me. Well, you're wrong. Okay. 1-800-795-9565. Write it down. You're going to need it in a few moments after the CBS News and local news. This is WDK, okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings, welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the morning. What's so humorous? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just laughing at our conversation oh, okay. between, between the... Uh, uh, during the break? During the break, yes. All right. All right. <laughs> on the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. I was also thinking of uh, Tom's remarks that this was just this is just a normal tourist exit taking place <laughs> in <laughs> Afghanistan. And Antifa. The, the, I'm glad he found Antifa. You know, the bar association's in there somewhere with I Antifa. Know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. Our toll-free line now open. We have nearly open phones, so give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. We heard from Jeff McCausland 
excellent CBS News analyst and just a military expert and uh, former uh, U.S. military, retired uh, on the news line earlier talking about uh, the strategy and, and of course, uh, at our request, willing to second-guess how things could have gone. But uh, I think he seemed to agree that it was uh, almost a pointless mission there or a hopeless mission at this stage. So uh, we'll make sure those remarks are available on the WKOK podcast page. You can listen to them and analyze and comment on them. You can call us now, 1-800-795-9565. We've got one call coming in, but we'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. And you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM, and uh, we will read your message on the air. Okay. Uh, some very brief news headlines. Dozens of parents shared their opinions at the Sealands Grove School Board meeting Monday night. The district held a special board meeting to decide on the issue of masking, which most area schools have chosen to remain optional. Uh, board President Dennis Wolf often had to remind the crowd to be respectful and refrain from interrupting the speakers. Uh, depression, suicide rates, developmental delays, social anxieties, breathing issues are the reasons parents voiced for not wanting their students to wear a mask. The board voted 7-2 to to remain with masking optional at Sealands Grove and optional on school buses. Statewide hospitalizations related to COVID-19 are up slightly according to the state. About 1,100 individuals are hospitalized in Pennsylvania with COVID-19. Also slight increase in the local hospitalizations. There are 44 new cases of COVID-19 in our immediate area. The Governor Wolf administration is taking two steps to keep kids in the classroom uh, in person and to do what can be done to keep COVID out. During a news conference Monday, Acting Secretary of Health Allison Beam directed vaccine providers to support vaccine clinics at schools if requested. When requested to do so by a school, vaccine providers are expected to make every effort to coordinate a vaccine clinic for the employees, the contractors, volunteers, students, and students' families within a school. Beam also announced a partnership with a testing firm to provide free COVID-19 testing at K-12 schools anytime a parent, child, or staff member requests to have a COVID test. And finally, as we have been discussing, President Biden yesterday defended the decision to move forward with the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan, saying Monday he stands squarely behind it. Mr. Biden's remarks came after a chaotic day at the Kabul airport as evacuations were halted for several areas after at least two people died falling from planes that have taken off. Uh, the president said, quote, how many more generations of Americans, daughters and sons would you have me send to fight Afghanistan's civil war with uh, when Afghan troops will not, said Mr. Biden in remarks from the East Room. How many more lives, American lives, is it worth? How many endless rows of headstones at Arlington National Cemetery? 
question mark, said the president. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, th I think the cost is too high. I certainly think this chaotic exit is uh, hardly an ideal way to uh, for tourists to leave a country, but honestly, I think uh, the Arlington National Cemetery comment is spot on, particularly since, as the president points out, uh, the Afghans are not interested in fighting on their own. We have open phones. We can talk about this. 1-800-795-9565 if you wish to comment on the masking discussion that was held last night at Sealand Grove School Board. The vast majority of individuals there supporting making sure that masking was optional and if a student so chooses could wear a mask to school or if the parent chooses they could ask their child to keep the mask on and that's how the school board went on that last night. Probably any kid who shows up in a mask will be ridiculed and subject to well unkind comments from peers. Is that the way kids act today? Yeah, unfortunately, it is. 1-800-795-9565. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. Joseph, thanks for waiting. You are on the mark. Yes, I wanted to comment on the evacuation yesterday and the, the sheer terror that I felt that these citizens must have felt clinging to a plane that was taking off and even, I guess, some falling off the plane to their death. Uh, we can't really understand that, and we say, well, we sympathize with them, until you've been in a situation like that. Now, I was in Kenya when the tribal clashes were going on. They had tribal war there, and they were burning people and hacking them with machetes. And we were going down through the uh, uh, Rift Valley, and they had the road blocked. And uh, there were just hundreds of these uh, you could see in their eyes, they, were, they had bloodlust in their eyes. They were killing and burning people who had put tires over and burning them and hacking them. And they had a road blocked and they surrounded our vehicle. And uh, it was, uh, you just can't know until you experience something like that. And we were really, we were miraculously uh, saved through that incident. Uh, uh, they surrounded a the car and just screaming and carrying on. And it was like a, a, a lynch mob, and uh, but they didn't touch the car or anything. It was, it was just, it was like we had angels, and I believe we did. But we got out of there. But uh, you can't really understand that kind of terror till you've been in it and witnessed it. Now my wife was in the fall of Saigon, and she was left behind. You know what I mean? And she knows what communism and Marxism is. Uh, how they they'll come into your house and take what they want. And, uh, you know, and they still do that, even when she goes over to visit. They'll come to the house and knock on the door, and they want some kind of bribe money, you know, to, you know, so the family can live uh, without any bothering from the police. Um, and these people that are falling for this uh, communist doctrine that they're trying to push here, Marxist doctrine, they're going to they're find out something. And what I, what I really wanted to say is, here in the United States, Canada and Great Britain and around the world, uh, most places like this, we think that that can't happen here. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And why do I say that? I say that because history. Because history. You know, if you can't learn from history, you're going to suffer by it. Uh, reminiscent. They said this is reminiscent of the far Saigon. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Okay, let's go back a little further, a few thousand years. <laughs> Let's go back to the time of Noah, when he got in the boat and the Almighty shut the door. Can you imagine the terror that filled the hearts of those people when they couldn't get in the boat and that was the only boat in town? It was horrifying. You must imagine that. Well, in the future here, very soon, 
the Savior's coming back, and the people that are born again, blood, are going to go up and taken out of this world. And the terror that's going to grip every citizen of the United States, Great Britain, Canada, all over the world, they're going to cry for the rocks and mountains to fall on them and hide them from the face of him that sits upon the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. That's going to happen. And uh, people that make light of this, uh, such as, uh, uh, I can't think of the guy's name that calls uh, right after I did, and he said, oh, for 2,000 years they've been saying that. Uh, you know his name. He argues with you all the time. I can't think of it right now. Um, Chris. Uh, Chris, yeah, that's a guy. You know, and Dan also. That's a guy. <laughs> that's him. <laughs> that's him, yeah. <laughs> right. Thank now, you so he'll much. Have something to say here. I know he'll go up and say something. But right. uh, he said that they've been saying that for 2,000 years. That's true. They have been. What's that have but to do with Afghanistan, though, no, really? They'll be okay. saying, well, they've been saying that for uh, uh, since the fathers fell asleep. And it's not going to happen. Yes, it's going to happen. Well, I don't think right. the Taliban's going to come here, so I don't think we have no, to worry the about Taliban. that. No, no, excuse me, not the Taliban. I'm saying when the Savior comes back and born-again, blood-washed believers are taken <laughs> out and the rest of the world is in for his wrath, right. it's not going to okay. be a pleasant time. Well, right. I would hope the that he's... The mountains to hide, hide them and okay. fall on them and hide them from the face of him that sits upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. All right, All right. we got it, we, we got, got it. it, we got it, we got it, we got it. Okay, perfect. Of, uh, he was okay when he started out, but it became a violation <laughs> of our policy as it rambled on and on. No religious zealotry. Please, we, we know you have a great personal Savior story. Uh, email it to us and we'll read well, it off, know, and, Mike. And th- th- this whole thing, is there are religious overtones to it, which is certainly a legitimate topic for discussion because the Taliban, they're not Catholics and they're not Lutherans and they're not making meatloaf. You know, so I think we can make a pretty good argument that they are Islamic, maybe not terrorists, but they are fundamental Islamics and they believe certain things that are not in not in concert with the way we live here in this country. So, I mean, they have their religious views, and they're going to act on them. And we're going to find them somewhat offensive because they don't mirror what we believe here in this country. Well, and I think if you saw what Clarissa Ward was able to discuss with several different groups of Taliban soldiers yesterday, uh, they are going to have women covered up, but they will be able to pursue some education so that, you know, that'll be... We'll see if they deliver on that promise. They also said they would be willing to have women in the government, but... They haven't done anything about that. As I was point. saying, this is what the what several individuals are reporting, who are you know sort of at street level to talk to her. But they're not the leaders, and and what they say doesn't go. And and who knows if uh, that promise will be kept or that observation will come to pass. Well, it'll uh, be interesting to see how Clarissa Ward does in the next few days with her reporting from over there. But she's off to a great start right now. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Dick, thank you for waiting. You are on the mark. I think I'm up. Hey, I wanted to tell you, when the uh, peace accord or the uh, the uh, agreement was signed uh, by the Taliban and President Trump and General Pompeo and whoever else was there, February of 2020, there were 13,000 U.S. troops in Afghanistan. And by the time that uh, the January 15th, which was five days before Biden was inaugurated, there were 2,500. So the draw did the 
in effect, the drawdown had already been going on for the better part of nine months. So that was those 2,500 troops plus the Afghan army, which we know how great they were, and then the uh, NATO troops. That's all that was left to stop the insurgents from uh, taking over that country. He wasn't left with a full force of... Uh, now, he obviously could have used air power, but my point being is I'm not defending Biden, and Biden but, the, but that drawdown, by, by all effect, that drawdown was already taking place in uh, nine months. There were 2,500 troops left. That's not very many to defend a whole country when, they, when the people that are here to defend them won't defend themselves. But at that point, don't you think that the, Afga- or the Taliban was honoring the agreement they made with President Trump up well, to that obviously, point? Well, obviously they hadn't been. Uh, you, think they, you think in two weeks they just took over the whole country? I think they had a lot of it in tow already. My point being is there was really nobody stopping them. We, didn't, we couldn't put 2,500 people in a whole country to, to stop them. And obviously, I'm not sure how good the Afghan army was. It didn't seem to be very good in two or three days. No. I don't think they stopped anybody. No, I know but we I... gave them a lot of equipment. We gave them training. Right? You know, I, I don't think the training, I don't pay much attention to the training, obviously. All because I'm saying... obviously, they, could, they, had, they have a lot more people in it than the Taliban, and they didn't, right. they didn't stop anybody. I think they just kind of like uh, threw down their guns, their armor, our guns, and whatever we gave them, and just kind of gave up, blended in with the crowd. I think for whatever I, reason, I, 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 my I, whole point was that that's that's all that that's all the troops that were left, twenty five hundred right. U.S. troops. But what I'm, saying, took over. what I'm he, saying, what I'm saying is, he going to put more troops back <laughs> in there. He didn't have thirteen thousand, a hundred thousand. That's all he had, plus that ragtag, well-equipped army that didn't defend themselves. But, Dick, what I'm saying is this, that up at, they, they weren't taking the provincial capitals when Trump was in office. If he, They were apparently honoring their agreement up to that point. For some reason, and whether you want to say it's Joe Biden being weak or whatever, they stopped honoring that agreement. And they were able, as you point out, because of the reduced number of troops, they were able to make significant progress quickly. And they stopped honoring we, their agreement. We couldn't stop them. We couldn't stop them with that fuel force. And I think, I think uh, stupidly, we realized on the 300,000 or 200,000 Afghan troops that we trained. And they couldn't stop anybody either. Chose yeah. I guess my to. point being is, you know, look, yeah. I'm not defending Biden, and I'm not going to criticize Trump. He did what he did. He wanted out of there. He wanted out of there big time. He wanted out of there earlier. He wanted out of there in May. Yep. That was his deadline goal. It wasn't like he was going to wait till August or whatever. But my other point is, listen, people got people died in wars, and when, when at Appomattox, when, when Lee surrendered his, his whole army. There was a lot of people that had died, probably, probably not not unnecessarily. All right, we got you, Dick. Thank that's you so much. That's just that's just a fact of war and a fact of life when when people are fighting each other. No argument. And I'm not defending. I'm not criticizing Trump in that respect. I'm just telling you, he was left. Biden was left with a very, very, very small force of U.S. forces to try and defend that country. All right, we got you. Thank you so much. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the call, Dick. Yeah, Take thanks care. for calling in. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.kok.com. We could wrap up our discussion related to this. We have some texts that were sent to 70236. We have some of the comments of individuals last night at the Sealand Grove School Board meeting as well. We can read some of those remarks as well. We'll be right back. When it comes to car 
car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Go ahead and read these texts. These are new. Okay. The problem is we made promises to the Afghani people that helped us that would that we would protect them. We appear to be falling on in that. Are failing in that. Yes, you, you keep highlighting this in blue, and I'd rather read it in black and white. All right. Uh, Mark, you're not wrong. Afghanistan will revert to its past Stone Age mentality, and it's not our job to police them. Just, you could have, you had me at Mark, you're not wrong. So okay, we're going to stop right there, right? Thank you. They probably will. I mean, that's the mentality of those people. You know, they, they live in the Stone Ages. <laughs> And I don't think we can help them and if they don't want to be helped by Make themselves. Make fun of the word Taliban again a couple more times. Huh? Make fun of the word Taliban again. Taliban. The <laughs> Taliban. Oh. All right. We've got a call coming in, 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners says, Stan, our troops should come home first. Then all the other individuals who want to get out. 1-800-795-9565 is the telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. We had a, uh, we reported on a very raucous school board meeting in Sealands Grove last night. What's your view on that? The idea of optional masking. Uh, all of the school boards that we've covered have decided to come down on the side of optional masking at this point. It's not a requirement from the state that schools mask, and it is a requirement that the school districts make their decision. So we have that going. You can comment on that. We're talking about the U.S. Uh, speedy withdrawal from Afghanistan. Speedy. That, uh, <laughs> well, by all standards, is what? Just chaos, right? I mean, I Yeah, can't, chaotic. I, I think they're chaotic withdrawal. Right. There's the right no way uh, to describe it. And we have to, I have to apologize to Al. I thought he was perfectly mistaken yesterday when he called and said they have video of people clinging to a plane and then falling off. And It uh, sounds like a per- hyperbole, but it wasn't. But then when I get home... <laughs> right. Turn on Fox. They're showing over and over again this loop of people clinging to a plane and then falling off. Right. So tragic, tragic, tragic. Yes, yeah, situation. I so. think that Joseph was right. You'd have to be in that kind of a desperate situation even to appreciate that you would do something like that. That defies all logic. I mean, who in the world would think they could hang on to an airplane? And live. Desperation. Yeah. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Bob, what's uh, your thought this morning? Go right ahead. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I just want to say I'm glad people think I'm delusional, but that's just their opinion. <laughs> I could think of something better to name me than that, but that's fine. And as far as one of Stan's comments this morning, I think our troops should have been one of the first to get out of there and let that country defend themselves. 
you know, we lost enough people. We don't need to lose any more. Yeah, how many and more rows of tombstones at Arlington? That's something the president said well, yesterday. Well, just one stone is more than enough, in my opinion. For so-called just nation like your, building. Your speaker this morning, he lost his own nephew, you know, to it. I mean, that, that lingers on for the rest of his life and his other family's, the whole family's life. What? And, you know, this masking in schools and stuff, you know, most of it in the paper is optional now for, and it's like you said, if you have bullies in school that, oh, they'll bully you because, you know, you're wearing a mask. Well, bullying's been going on since the 20s or 30s or 40s, ever since, you know, time started with schools. Kids just have to be like that. And there's just not enough policing in the schools to, you know, stop it. Well, we asked the teachers to do enough already. I don't think we can expect them to be police officers well, no, but on we top have of police that. officers in school now. But we didn't have that when I went but we to don't school. Have, we don't have 30 or 40 of them. We have maybe one or two who go well, where there's a problem. Yeah. You know, and and uh, as far as the COVID problem you know it, it just keeps getting worse i don't know what it's going to take until how many people die from this until people understand to get the vaccination i mean i'm coming up now i may have to get my third round and we we're all going to get a booster shot whether you want to or not if you want to stay safe and not you know i guess we could spread the disease but if we do get it it's not going to kill us so i mean what who is not willing to take a vaccination that's going to try save your life. Well, I mean, it's, it's just stupid. Well, half the country. <laughs> I mean, half the country yeah, well, doesn't want it. So and it, then half of the country should be wearing masks and staying home. In my opinion, if they don't want to get vaccinated, try and keep people, you know, safe, then they shouldn't be running around. They should be staying home and you know, being hillbillies or whatever. Well, 60% of the people in Snyder County say they don't believe in the vaccine. They believe it's a hoax. It's not real. It's not going to kill you. Nobody dies from it, and it's not a big deal. Well, well, I had a nephew that lived in Snyder County, and he's dead, so it's real. You know, until it affects you immediately, you can say what you want. You can think what you want. But, you know, and there was one person found dead, too, in the landing gear of, the, of that plane yesterday, too. So, I mean, I could imagine what it's like to be desperate to get out of a country if if you're fearing for your life. You know, you were just talk, talking about intermingling two things here between the masking and the uh, uh, Afghanistan. But CNN, uh, who I'm giving a lot of credit for their Afghan reporting, I'm going to take on with the masking issue. They're facing intense backlash over the absurd framing of a story about Florida teachers who died from the coronavirus that left out crucial context. Amid a national debate over mask and vaccine mandates going on into the school year, CNN promoted a story out of Broward County where at least three teachers caught the virus and died soon afterwards, all within a 24-hour period. More breaking news. We have a sad development we just learned out of Florida, said CNN anchor John Berman. WFOR is reporting that four teachers from Broward County have died from COVID in a single day. The teachers' union chief told the affiliate that three of the four, at least three of the four, were unvaccinated. The status of the fourth is not unknown. And what they didn't include in the story was that the schools in Broward County are not open, and the teachers got that somewhere else, but they left the impression well, the that they got August. it from the school. Why would you assume that, why would why would that be a glaring omission? It's the middle of summer. Why would kids be in class? Because the whole part point of the story was that three teachers got it and they died within 24, or four teachers died within 24 hours. 
what is the implication that it's uh, that students are somehow being in school or the fact that they were educators led to this otherwise it's yeah, just I don't a story see the that four people died of coronavirus i think your fox funnels led you to believe that they're they, implying well, they could be in summer school um well, and that's you can't true. blame everything in florida on the governor as far as i'm concerned it's the governor's <laughs> fault Right, but it's not Trump's fault, or it's not uh, Biden's fault. He doesn't do anything wrong, but every Republican he's, does. He's telling people to get the vaccine, vaccination. Have you ever heard him once say not to get it, like Donald Trump did? Donald Trump Have never said, oh, whoa, 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 Donald Trump. That, uh, this virus is just going to go away? Donald Trump never Have told people not Biden to get the virus. It's, just, it's a hoax. Have you ever, Donald Trump never told people not to get the virus uh, vaccine. He came out and suggested they get it. He, well, he, he didn't he, even have it when he was in office. Yes, he did. It wasn't even available. No, it wasn't. It didn't come out until uh, February. No, he, he, he had it he when had he was it. there. <laughs> he he, he got it quietly. He got, got it quietly. Actually, we don't actually know for sure when he got it, but we know that uh, he did. And we know that he encouraged people to get the vaccination. Yeah, I would recommend it, and I would recommend it to a lot of people that don't want to get it, and a lot of those people voted for me, frankly. But, you know, I, again, we have our freedoms, and we have to uh, live by that, and I agree with that also. But it's a great vaccine, it's a safe vaccine, and it's uh, something that works. There you go. And plus, he deserves he, some credit he for helping. He said that after 20,000 times saying not to. He no, never said no, not to. No, I'm sorry, Bob, you're delusional. <laughs> he did not say that. I think you're, uh, what, what kind of funnels is Bob wearing? Lib, lib funnels. Liberal funnels. Are <laughs> preventing you from seeing. Yeah, he, he never did a lot of bad things, but he encouraged people to get the vaccine. So it's all good. All right, Bob. Maybe thank after you. a certain time, he did. <laughs> no, he never, <laughs> never told. Stole, never not. said it. Never said okay, it. Never, I'll never find it. it. You, know, yeah. you do and okay. let us know. You said hundreds of times, so I'll settle for thirty-two of those. Don't Find give Joe 32. and I a news quiz. That won't. That, that there's only one th- set of questions we can answer. Something about current events. That's, that's right. it. Well, Joe can do a little history, although that's slipping too. All right. I one, beg your pardon. One eight hundred seven nine five nine. I'll out history you every day of the week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> okay. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Sixteen nineteen project is based on history, Black history, about which you know almost nothing. Uh, that year designates what? The year slavery was introduced into the hemisphere. And where did they land? They landed south of the border. Okay, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. See, he's almost gone. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. And you're getting me in trouble with one of our listeners, <laughs> and it was you who said this. I read the story. They said, please tell Joe that schools in the South begin much earlier than in this area. It was Mark who said they don't. Um, I have a friend who teaches in Atlanta who starts school at the end of July. It's totally reasonable to assume that school would be in session in Florida. So there's your whole story, and that is the implication that CNN left out. You apologize now? <laughs> that our listener misheard? No, uh, that that you no, I just don't the think story. It's, you said I have my Fox funnels on. No, I don't think it's implied that school wasn't in session, or was or was not. They happen to be teachers, but you I mean, said it. The the length of time they would have had to have gotten it in July or something before school started. So, but whatever. If you think it's implied in there, that's your perception. I certainly can't stray, sway you from that. Uh, I didn't catch that implication. And I, if it was widely reported that the 
in other media, not necessarily in CNN, that the class was not in session at the time. Well, then I don't know why they made such a big deal that they, anybody made a big deal that they were teachers. What difference does it make? They happen to have the same occupation, but how many health care workers have we lost this year? The, the implication, that's the, the implication of the story. This is how CNN slants stuff. Well, sometimes. that's the way everybody slanted it. CBS reported it as yeah, teachers CBS who were re- not in CBS session. CBS re- repeated it on uh, Face the Nation and on Sunday. Fox also it. reported three teachers no. died. Well, yes, but they they put in Who the fact that it was session. not in session. Right. So in one day, Berman stressed, this is the context with which these officials in Broward County are asking for the freedom to make the decisions that they think are right for their schools. <laughs> so oh, back on the topic of Afghanistan, read this one here, Joe. Okay. I won't highlight it because you'll start whining. No, the civilians we took there and the Afghan people that helped us should be removed first under the protection from the military and then extract the military. Okay, so okay. they were saying the military second. Okay, are you going to take uh, Al? You're, to get clicking, the you're clicking like crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Our mouse is uh, unresponsive. Al, you're on the mark. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I have a, another not uh, story that you probably didn't hear about yet. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Republican, uh, Republic of Afghanistan's vice president is still in the country. <clears throat> He's hunkered down with a bunch of loyalists from the military and other people, and they took plenty of weapons and supplies with them, and they're hidden right now, but they're going to launch a an offensive and um, Laura Logan has been on the phone at least 8 to 12 times with the vice president over there and there's going to be an announcement today she's going to, well she's going to be interviewed today on uh, one of the Fox shows and she's going to give a report on that so they didn't all take off but uh I was thinking one way they might be able to get the people out is tell them a lie and say, all right, we're not going to blow up all these Air Force bases and these nice military bases. We're going to leave them intact, but we got to use them right now to get everybody out that we need to get out, and then you can have the country. But well, that we sounds have- like that's what they're doing in Kabul. And then, and then if we get everybody out, bomb the hell out of them. Oh, lie to them, huh? That usually helps. Get everybody out and then bomb the hell out of them. And, uh, Who are we bombing the hell out of? We don't. Your local Catholic friend is encouraging us to bomb the heck out of Afghanistan. Military bases, destroy everything that we put there, and leave it just the way it was when we found it. Shambles. We can't bomb them into the Stone Age, they're already there. Well, we'll put them back a little bit further with the dinosaurs. That kind of thinking should be extinct in this world. Why don't we hightail it out of there and just let everybody live? Your compassion for the unborn is con- certainly heartrending, but your lack of <laughs> compassion for the, those who are already roaming around the earth seems a little bit shaky there, Al. Oh, well, because we all have free will, and theirs is going the wrong way. They so, in other words, the, between good and evil. Now we should be the and the punishment. You know, they're descendants of the people that God said will be like the donkey and always fight with everybody. And they're descendants of that. Their religion is descendants of that. And we are the infidel. We are the devil. They got it backwards. Who's this donkey you're talking about? 
go back the way it was in the in the Bible. He'd be like an ass. Uh, won't ever get along with anybody. That's Ishmael. Ishmael the ass. That was his name. Okay. Poor Rob keeps ready to hit the <laughs> delay, but he doesn't have to. Well, I was referring to an animal, not right. A, I got you. Not anatomy. Anatomy. <laughs> no, I, I'm just really adamant. I against good and evil, and I can see evil, and it's all over the place over there. And it wouldn't break my little heart. Everybody, you know, we get out. It's supposed to be out, and the rest of them um, that God sort of out, like you said. That's that's the way to spread world peace and understanding. That. <laughs> you go, boy. That, that <laughs> because that will show our power and our might and our our disdain for evil and our s- sinful nature. So right. every time we see evil, we should bomb it. Well, God, God already gave orders uh, to Samuel: kill everybody, burn everything, don't take any treasures. Every man, woman, child, and livestock. This he, is a loving knows. God you're speaking of here. <laughs> Yeah. And grace and forgiveness, but uh, don't forget, he's the God of War, and he gives marching orders, and he gave him the Samuel. Uh, Al missed the Crusades by what about five hundred years? Or well, he so? would have been great in the Crusades. I would have, I would have been a good one. <laughs> Up the pike pole goes the other people. Put their head on a pike. <laughs> okay. All right, thank you so much, so, Al. You're, that, you're uh, certainly a peaceful guy, Al. Thanks for calling. Thank you for that uh, uplifting and. Uh, loving message about Afghanistan. Actually, Al sounds more like a terrorist. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Bomb the heck of him and let God sort it out. Hey, did you go to Mass on Sunday, John? <laughs> all right. Well, that was, wasn't that the thing about the Marines that supposedly in Vietnam they should kill them all, let God sort them out? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, these are both new. All let right. Let's see if they're from, this, uh, they're from different people. Common sense says military is removed last. They're the ones with the guns that protect the non-combatants, U.S. citizens and Afghanis, that helped us. And this is from another person. And how does a person catches the COVID and dies the next day? There's something wrong with that. No, these folks didn't, these teachers didn't die the next day. They all died on the same day. While school was not in session. While school was, they were not in school, right. You might as well read this and then we'll pivot okay. into something else. All right, our friend E.B. says, Pillow salesman and former crack addict Mike Lindell claimed that his cyber symposium last week would present incontrovertible proof of election fraud that would lead to Supreme Court reinstating Trump as president by a 9 to nothing vote. Friday was supposed to be the reinstatement day. I couldn't tell you how many smug conservatives told me to prepare for Trump's return. Guess what? It didn't happen. As any sane person could have predicted, it didn't happen. Just as Trump didn't declare martial law to retake office on Inauguration Day, and just like he wasn't reinstated in March, as so many Trumpists claimed. It's time for you all to face some uncomfortable truths. You're in a cult. There was no election fraud. Joe Biden won fair and square. Trump will not return to office. You sound like a bunch of complete fools for continually falling for this nonsense. You are a bunch of fools. All right. 
More tolerance and love. <laughs> I was just going to say. Uh, welcome to the Seals Grove School Board meeting, everybody. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, I'll tell you what, the school board had a tough time last night uh, trying to keep things Well, I've known Dennis Wolf for a lot of years, and Dennis is a good man, and he tries to be as fair as he can be, and I'm sure he had his hands full last night. Well, it sounds like he did a super job, though. I'm sure he did. All right, well, got to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. It is a family-owned dealership since 1915. It is on 4th Street in Sunbury and they do have a dealership on Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. I want to tell you about the Ford Bronco that we got to drive. It was just a super truck that had up here. 2021 Bronco Sport Badlands Edition 2-liter four-cylinder engine, power moonroof, reverse sensing system, meaning that it can, uh, it'll tell you if it's going to hit something when it backs up. It'll be much harder for me to back into something if I were to drive this. has a wireless phone charging pad, which means it's hip and it's perfect for young people. has dual Dual-zone auto temp air conditioning, HD radio, 10-speaker bang, and Olufsen sound system, remote start, eight-way power seats. Has six GOAT modes. This is my favorite. I like, I would keep it in normal mode or eco mode, which You is got me at the bang and Olufsen sound system, I man. Know, that's yeah, that's high-quality stuff, yes. Yeah, it's funny how you're, you can't hear a thing, but you like a good sound system. Well, maybe oh, that's why, it. because your hearing is shot. Anyway, <laughs> Joe likes the sport version, which uses all the horsepower to go fast forward, uh, but the there's also sand mode, mud, uh, slippery, and normal, plus the eco mode. That's me. Uh, but it is just a f- super vehicle. It's got Ford Pass, so you can start your vehicle and tell you all kinds of things uh, from your smartphone. You can test drive a GOAT mode Bronco at the Sunbury Motor Company. Do as I did. Uh, enjoy that vehicle, 26 miles to the gallon, and uh, check out that vehicle. And then do what I did, order up an F-150 <laughs> to one-up yourself. All right. We got one caller waiting, but we'll take more comers. 1 800 795 9565. We haven't had any comment about the Sealands Grove School Board last night, so you can comment about that. It uh, devolved into a opportunity for folks to interrupt other individuals with whom they disagree. 1 800 795 9565. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. We read every email. That was the one that the lady apologized to me. Oh, you want to read that on the yeah, air? I thought it was just for you. No. 
<laughs> when are we going back on the air? I think we're back. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> well, uh, one of our emailers says, My apologies, Joe. I did mean Mark, and I didn't mishear. His implication was that it was ridiculous to assume CNN was trying to slant the story because everyone knows school is not in session in the summer. Maybe around here, but not in the South. Enjoy your program and listen often. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, Joe is always right, and I am always wrong. Uh, he tried to delete the email so that I couldn't read it on well, the I air. I didn't know it was meant for on the radio. I thought it was just a, a note to, to right, you. Right, so you say. Now, this is for the air. Now, read this. This is rebuking you bad, I'm sure of it. I'm wondering if Eric attended the Sealands Grove School Board meeting. He would have been booed out the door. The civil seals were not so civil. Not a word about this in today's paper. Oh, the Daily Item didn't cover it, huh? Apparently not. Well, uh, our reporter was there, Dara Mitchell, fabulous reporter, just uh, crazy. And she wrote her story right down the middle. I mean, it, it says these people spoke out and said this, these people spoke out and said that, and, and poor Dennis Wolf tried to stop the interruptions. Uh, we did tweet one thing from the school board last night, showed somebody yelling at uh, one of the speakers, but um, the speaker uh, was also responding. So, But not by yelling, just by saying something back in return. Well, those meetings tend to get um, emotional. That's the best way to say it. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult. You know, I, I, I admire Dennis for taking it on because you know, you, on one hand, you want to give everybody their say, but you've also got to somehow preserve order. Really, I understand they had security people there too. And one of your one of the notes that your reporter had there was uh, the gentleman that you show yelling and waving his fist. Apparently, was approached by security people and told to stand down a little bit. Okay. All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Bob, you get sixty seconds. Go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, as far as I'll take that back about Trump not telling people to get the vaccine. But what happened was his uh, press secretary promised. Uh, he wants to see all Americans to get the vaccine. But behind the scenes, Trump was declined to be the face of the vaccination campaign, instead letting Pence handle the load. So there you go. He passed, it on to, he passed the buck on to somebody else. And he later <laughs> he, says, He delegated an important duty. I am mean. not scheduled to take the vaccine, but I look forward to doing it at the appropriate time. That's why people are scared to get the vaccine, because it's not approved. Sort of about the same way that uh, President Biden fostered the border off on Kamala Harris. Passed it on yeah, to her. Well, passed the buck. She's only been there how long? I mean, they've only well, been in, in the office eight months. Well, you're just you're so saying you it's bad. Time. You're I saying mean, it's not like you can just go to you <laughs> know a town and you're saying it's bad that President Tr you're saying it's bad that President Trump delegated something to the vice president, but you don't think it's wrong that President Biden delegated something to the vice president. Don't you realize you have this anti-Republican bias that no matter what any Republican does, it's bad, and what every Democrat does is good. There's some judge trying to make it where they have to stay in Mexico again, so, you know, things might change there. <laughs> okay. And, you know, what are you going to do? All right. Thanks, Bob. Have a good one. Yeah, so take care. So much. Uh, Cindy, you're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. You know, I was astounded to learn this morning on the news that there are between five and 10,000 American citizens, not the military, not the ambassadors, but just regular citizens in Afghanistan. And I ask myself this, what on earth could they have been thinking? This was announced that we were going to get out of this country months and months ago. And why didn't they? 
Now, why do they turn to us and say, save us, save us? Well, you made, an, you made a, a, a choice to do this. Like, as you pointed out, this young woman who's doing this reporting, well, if there's an ugly consequence to her, my, my response has to be, you made this choice. You've made the choice to stand in the line of the risk. It's like these idiot reporters that feel the need to stand right there where the ocean's surface shooting you know, 10, 20 feet in the air when the hurricane is coming through and they can hardly stand up. And I think to myself, what are you thinking? Why? You can tell me there's a hurricane without standing out in the middle of it. I'll, I'll take your word for it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. So I, I have a hard time being sympathetic. I think these people were reckless and irresponsible. They certain that, you know, they've made a choice to put themselves in harm's way and they, you know, they need to deal with it. Don't look to me to solve your problem. You're the one who stayed there. They had months, M-O-N-T-H-S, months notice to get out. Months notice. And they chose not to. How much time? What? Nothing. Go ahead. Months. But, uh, right, they had a lot of time. But they probably thought the U.S. has said we're pulling out in the past and stayed. So they probably thought, eh, we have a lot of time. But I think they also want everybody to, to a man underestimated how fast Taliban will be able to take over these things. I think they thought there'd be some kind of a fight instead of zero fight. I'm but assuming. they could have gotten out in January, in February, in March, in April, in May, in June. In July, safely boarded a plane and left that country, gotten in a car, driven out of that country, and they chose not to. And that's on them. It is. It's on them that they made those choices. Yeah, they've dug their hole, right? It was foolish thinking. Whatever, I can't imagine what motivated them to be so reckless with their lives. I, I can't imagine, because it surely would not have been that case with me. I'd have been Geo and he gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> because all of them are now saying, oh, we saw this coming. We knew this would happen. Well, then what are you doing there? Get out. You should wow. have gotten out. Uh, Cindy, one of our listeners says, actually, it was all about the money. Contractors I, were making a fortune. I think that's true. I'm sure they're you trying know to what? Stay they made day. the money and they assume the risk. That's how I... You know, right? Chalk me up is hard-hearted, but that's how I see it. You, <laughs> oh, you're such a realist. Oh, you, you and Al are certainly tough Stop today. Stop this realism <laughs> stuff. All right. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thanks thank for calling. You. Thanks for calling. Uh, email, Joe. I was amazed to learn that 65% of the population of Afghanistan is under the age of 25. The article I read stated the median age of Afghanistan is 18.4 years. Well, that's probably because most of the older people wound up getting killed. <laughs> in all the previous wars. In all the previous well, wars, that yeah. that could be. Um, that's a, certainly an amazing statistic. I hadn't heard that, but that's pretty amazing. It's got to be one of the youngest nations in the world. If that's the case, if that's true. But, you know, well, I guess we're out of time. You have you have the day off tomorrow. Yep, I take a day off tomorrow, but you'll be in the catbird seat, and Steve Kushiloff will be standing up to you quite adequately, I'm sure. Steve's tomorrow a worthy morning. adversary. All right. Allie in your St- absence. Allie Stevens going to be at the Sunrise Anchor Desk, and we're going to have an interview about ACL preservation with Dr. John Furia tomorrow morning, so that'll be on the radio. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's On the Mark program. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sunbury.